Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode three or the one hundred. Wait, where are we? Three eleven. Really? We're up to three eleven. Yes. yes, we are. I thought we were still in the hundreds. Wow, we're doing great. We guys. recorded a lot of episodes <laughs> between last week and this week, so <laughs> yeah, they just didn't make it to air. They're exclusive on Quibi. <laughs> so they're five minutes each. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're great. They're, they're perfect little crunch podcast. As always, I am joined by the wonderful Brendan Fry. Hello there. The ever illustrious Lindsay. Hello. And the always professional Alex. Wow. I think my name was the worst, but it's fine. I was the third one. You had did to you also introduce yourself, Jordan? I didn't. So there you go, Alex. Okay. Thanks for uh, you know always stealing the spotlight. That's what also, I'm here for. Why am I the only one that gets a, fir- a last and first name? I mean, that's uh, cool. You're the editor in chief, so you're like. Isn't the, Brendan the... Fry your first name? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I right. Wow. I of course am Jordan, and let's jump right into uh, to our podcast. So there's not a whole uh, lot that's been going on this week, or even last week for that matter. You know, for obvious reasons, um, but there are so, a few small things. Um, I mean, I for one have been having a humdinger of a week. It started when um, I decided to throw two months worth of Animal Crossing in the garbage and start over from scratch. Wow, that Useful. is that is the equivalent of getting bangs, I think. <laughs> cutting, cutting your own bangs, yeah, cutting your yeah. own bangs. Right, right. A, well, I don't know. I feel like it was it was a real journey of um, self discovery and self reflection. Um, mm. it's kind of akin to like, you know, like when you're like painting a picture and like you're focusing so much on like one, like touching up one thing that you just like keep going and going and eventually it becomes one giant like gray blob. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sure. That's kind of what happened. I just, I went too crazy trying to redesign my whole island from like the ground up and I, it's probably due to the fact that I'm a lot less creative than I think I am, and it just turned into this giant garbage thing. So I was like, screw this, throw it in the garbage, starting again. And uh, to my own credit, I would say that, uh, you know what, I got back to where I was pretty quickly. Good. Good job. Mostly by abusing like time traveling. Oh, stuff. yeah. That, that that was my only question. Yeah, I, I time traveled like crazy, but I had to, right? Like it was just like because everything that happens in Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons kind of just it more there's, like there's there's some like there are some like uh, like things you need to do to like have certain things unlocked, but for the most part, it's just like passage of time. So it was just now, like every what, day. What do, just, time, what do you mean time travel? Uh, so you basically just go into the the Switch system settings and like yeah. turn the Switch. I think by default will like synchronize the clock to the internet um but you could turn that off and then just like start setting the, the time manually so just save the game shut it off st- uh, set the day ahead and then jump back in and like the game doesn't know yeah so there's what? there's a division with the animal crossing fan base where some people are like well if you time travel you are a dirty 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 person who doesn't deserve to play this game dirty and then there's people who are just like eh, you know what it doesn't really matter either way kind of thing well, um, you know what? I actually I, I had a little argument with my buddy on this because like I don't know where he suddenly got this like moral compass in relation to Animal Crossing. I feel like it's all kind of fair game because at the end of the day, it's just like 
who cares let people play the game they want to how they want to play it mm-hmm. but i understand like like it is the kind of game and i think this one in particular like does really want you to take your time and sort of like take things like as they come like probably a lot definitely a lot more than the other ones did um but like there are certain things about this game that they added like with like all the infrastructure changes you can do like where sometimes you just you don't want to have to wait a whole day for a staircase to be built you just want it to be built so like Mm -hmm. it's sort of fair game in that sense to just jump in like you know turn the clock ahead a day so it happens and then just turn the clock back and let it play out like naturally but i mean i feel like people people could probably call me a dirty cheating cheater because of the other thing i discovered um which was how to like hack amiibo cards that does sound you you could hack amiibo cards yeah so what it is and this is for all our uh you know hot animal crossing podcast listeners who want to know the hot dirty secrets so what i discovered is that there's an app for i think it's it might only work on samsung phones so buy a samsung um, phone okay or like or like android phones sorry Okay. Um, there's an app it's uh basically like it's a like mobile joy con or like mobile like like you know pro controller for the switch and what you can do there's a feature in that app it's uh what's it called let me get my phone it's called um i think it's just called joy con droid yeah joy con droid so there's a setting in the joy con droid that lets you like enable amiibo functionality so okay. what you can do is you can go to this website um, called NFC Bank, and from there you can download like the NFC data for the amiibo cards that were like specific to Animal Crossing. So if you want a specific character in your town, you can basically use this app because it like connects to the switch through Bluetooth and trick the system into like thinking it's reading amiibo like amiibo card data and you can just start putting animals in your town which is what i've been doing because i really needed kit kat well and with most animal with most nintendo things like the reason that this is happening is because the actual amiibo cards are selling one pack online for like 40 bucks a piece yeah, yeah that's, that's ex- card. sorry go ahead yeah. Brendan. That and people are exploiting the system because of the scarcity and because of the global situation where it's hard to find anything right now. Yeah, they are selling these things for like a thousand dollars. So I don't blame some people for looking into this, but uh. no, but yeah, I remember. And, you know, and, uh, sorry, Alex, but like this is the kind of thing I think that it, it even it predates like the current situation because like Nintendo really? really didn't go out of its way to make amiibos or amiibo cards all that available and even like with this you know new animal crossing it's like why wouldn't they reissue amiibo cards or like make a new line of amiibos it's not like people don't want them so it's like anyone who does i disagree i I think on that just because i i remember after what it was it was animal crossing happy home designer that came out then they did the amiibo festival game for wii u and they made Amiibos, and those Amiibos did not sell at all. You go to your Best Buy, you go to your Walmart, you go to your whatever, Toys R Us, they were on the shelves. So much so that like they were on sale for like 2 bucks a piece, and no one would buy them. And same thing with the Amiibo cards, actually, after the game. So a lot of people ended up, you know, like, someone probably bought, like, I don't know, oh, I'm going to buy, like, 100 packs for, like, 100 bucks. And now they're swimming in Amiibo um, card money because everyone wants them now because you can get villagers with them and all that. But Well, call me a filthy nintendo supporter okay but i honestly don't blame nintendo on that i really blame the audience because i remember (laughs) what it was like 
because I reviewed Amiibo Festival and the amount of angry comments I got about how much I was paid off to like give that game oh, a yeah. good review because I genuinely liked it and genuinely thought it worked. Like it wasn't Nintendo's fault that like the, uh, you know, I guess toxic Animal Crossing fandom that's out there was like, we want a real Animal Crossing game. What is this? And they just like didn't go out and buy the stuff that came with the game because they weren't buying the game regardless. Like everyone was calling Amiibo Festival this like dirty amiibo cash grab when it really wasn't so it's like you can't really blame them for not like or or, or, like stores for like putting it in the bargain bin you know as i i I mean but nintendo there was a point where there was a part or time when amiibos were hot ticket items were like oh you have a gold mario amiibo that's worth like 150 bucks let's run to your stores let's check every day kind of thing and then as soon as the scarcity was gone people stopped caring about it altogether also i i bought that amiibo game first day i don't know why i did i really don't know and it was weird because it was like a board game that had no skill in it whatsoever and it was all a dice rolling game and it was like oh this is fun for the first time and then it's like huh it's just a dice rolling game i mean like unless we get unless we get really onto it like I, i i personally always felt that there was a nice little balance of like uh like luck you know it's it is kind of a a dice rolling game but then you know when the stock market gets involved there's like little elements of uh of strategy you can kind of play out but like i mean i feel like a lot of people who who hold that opinion and it's not a dig on you like i think maybe like subconsciously because it was a video game board game wanted it to be more like mario party and i mean i wanted it to be fun (laughs) well, <laughs> it is fun it's like but it's fun in the same way that animal crossing is fun like animal crossing doesn't have any real like goals like it's 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 very thematically on brand for animal crossing and everyone that i've played it with has had like a good time playing it hmm. well, I'm, 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 I'm not here to debate yeah. is the most <laughs> yes you are ruthless review. <laughs> okay, i really like that um i enjoyed that very much yeah it's just i mean yeah it it, it happened i i guess now's not the time for hot takes about animal crossing amiibo festival <laughs> an old wii u game i honestly it's don't know what most of those time. words you guys said the last 10 minutes mean i didn't i didn't get any of it but i really enjoyed yeah i wanted it well, to be fun well thank you <laughs> i mean to get i guess to, to get around to the point we were trying to make before the podcast animal crossing is kind of a kind of a weird one to like recommend to people because it's just like you know it's like hard to describe what it actually is and it's just like you really it's really like you either love it or you hate it i think or you're indifferent towards it i guess yeah i also feel like i know a few people who just weren't interested in it at all and then they played it and they're super into it now it's it's one of those things that sort of the pace is really up to you so you can really kind of play it however you want you can time travel ahead you can you know you can check in 10 minutes a day and be like oh you know i got this cute alligator villager cool 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 and then you yeah. you know you live your life or it can be your life so um, this one this one's definitely different in that in that essence too because just because they like with all like the design elements they give you for the island like there really is so just so much more to do now that like it's it is a lot more engrossing and it's probably like and you know coupled with like the, the 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 present situation i think that's probably how like so many people like new gamers are into animal crossing now just because like it's such a it's such it's like almost like the perfect time sink because it's like very unassuming but also like it you know gives you a lot to do 
I like, I mean, I yeah, haven't sure. played it, so I'm speaking with less than limited knowledge, but it also kind of feels like there's a second life element to it, which I think people really like. Like I'm seeing so many of my friends being like, oh, I got to visit my other friend today on their island. And even though I don't know exactly what that means, I mean, it is nice to be able to visit people. <laughs> so Yeah, for sure. That seems fun. Yeah, yeah I mean, I love a lot of the things I see on Twitter where people like like businesses are having like business meetings and like little like, you know, workplace sessions like in Animal Crossing. They're setting up little offices and stuff. And then like people are just like jumping in and like chilling out together and working together through Animal Crossing. Which yeah, is really I threw nice. a surprise party for, for a friend of mine on Animal Crossing a couple of days ago. And it was it was cute. Like everyone yeah, right? brought, like, brought her gifts and, you so know, like just cute. on the island. And uh, it's it, it honestly launched at the perfect time for people being like, oh, gosh, we can't really go out and socialize anymore, but we can use Nintendo's spotty online service. So it's not spotty. It. It's fine. It works oh, for, come I mean, on. It works for Animal Crossing. I mean, every time I have eight people on it, it crashes. So that's pretty spotty, Jordan. I have not seen any crashes. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. Uh, Maybe I just have better internet than you. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk like Smash Bros online, okay, that's I'll 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 be right there on that train with you. But I mean, Animal Crossing this is this is not a this is not a demanding game for online. It shouldn't be. It's, it shouldn't be. Not, the podcast but... is spicy. It's like very polite shade, which I like. I find it even shadier yeah. than regular shade. So excellent work, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's the that that's the guarantee when you listen to next episode of Pixels and Ink. Uh, very shady, but not not too shady. You know, there's a bit of sunlight still creeping yeah, yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's okay, I mean, that's I, your I did, I did really well. Uh, I did really well with um, some Pokemon stuff this week too. I was really happy about it. Oh yeah. Was, uh, Wait. What's playing Pokemon one? Go? Pokemon Go. I, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm very excited to hear you bring that up because I don't know why I forgot. Uh, well, to. because they did they did the um. They did the uh, the throwback. They're doing the throwback they challenges did. Did you... the next couple of weeks. So, like for this past week, mm. it's it's been like all Pokemon from the Kanto region, and then like there's these like specific like there's like nine challenges that you can do that are like, you know, uh, like at the end of every challenge, you sort of like get a Pokemon that's um, kind of like thematic to where like the journey through like Red and Blue it's would a... go. So like the first Pokemon it's you get is like Onyx. Trainers... So strongest pokemon yeah exactly but then the 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 challenge ends with a a mewtwo encounter so not only did i get a shiny mewtwo um which was really cool i sent him over to uh my copy of of shield through the pokemon home and it ended up being uh a a square shiny which is like for anyone who doesn't what, know, what does that in, mean? <laughs> in Sword and Shield, there are two versions of shinies. There's like the regular shiny, so you you send it out, it does this little like glimmer effect, and it's like normal. But then there's an extra rare variant of shinies that after it does a little glimmer effect, those like squares come out of it. So it's like the like one percent of the rarest of shinies. Hmm. So I did really okay. well this week, guys. That's uh, the kind of the point oh, that I was trying to wow, make. Anyway. Yeah. Mine was shiny. Uh, I didn't get a shiny one. I did get one with the special move set that you can only get this way. Pray something. I don't know. You can get a special move set, except um, mine has like the IV stats of one star. So that means the one percent, the top one percent. Yeah, the top 
one percent. So he's got one star and uh, is very low CP. So he's a giant waste. But I'm glad that I well, got him. One of the one of the fun facts about Mewtwo um, that I have come to learn in Pokemon Go, at least, is that apparently, even if he were to have like an attack IV of zero, he still mm-hmm. has the highest attack of any Pokemon in the game. So he's still one of the most like strong Pokemon you can use. I mean, as everyone says, everyone's like, it's your best attacker. And I like, I made the mistake of like, as with pretty much every game that I play, because I'm not, anyway, I um, just do everything first before taking like two minutes to make sure I'm doing the right thing. And then I'll look after and be upset. So I picked the wrong Mewtwo to put all my rare candy into because I just picked the one that had the highest um, CP at the time, figuring it would be the best move. But it turns out he sucks. So I've got like 10 really great (laughs) Mewtwo's on the bench that are at like 1100. And then I've got this like one star Mewtwo who's garbage who can't last for more than like a millisecond in any battle. But he's at (laughs) 4,000 and ate all the candy. That was my like thinking too, right? Because my the the Mewtwo like the shiny even the shiny one that I got was like I think it was only like a two like a low end two star uh, yeah. IV, and I was like, you know what, whatever. Like I have I have like three like pretty damn good Mewtwo's to choose from that I got through raids. Like I'm not sh- I'm not short of Mewtwo's, so I was like, yeah. I'll send oh, this have, one like... to uh, Shield so I can flex yeah. on people with like and show off my shiny Mewtwo. And like, if you put them in shield, like one of the one of the good things about sword and shield is that there's this like thing you can do called um, hyper training. So like, cool. once it hits level a hundred, you can like put it through this hyper training where like it maxes out all their IVs um, in like battles and stuff. So like, not like not during the regular game, but in like battles and like certain things where like it caps the level at fifty no matter what. So, like, right. what it'll do is that even though it caps it at level 50, it'll cap it at level 50, like, with like under the impression that it had been growing at, like, perfect stats the entire time. Interesting. Well, I could at least, like, send my Mewtwo that was garbage in Pokemon Go to Shield and turn it into something good. So is, is... Oh, yeah, can you? Uh, no, it doesn't. You can't send things back to Pokemon oh. Go. So, and the only, the only reason I could even do it in the first place is because I had to send it to Pokemon Let's Go first. Like, Pokemon Go doesn't work with Pokemon Home yet. These are a lot of Pokemon no, words and I Let's Go have... and Go Let's. <laughs> yeah. I only have this Pokemon you, Go. This is what you listen and to it for. When I installed it and, like, what, what did it come out? Like, 2015, 2016? I was like, yeah. if I keep this for more than a week, I will have it for the rest of my life. So I'm definitely going to delete it at the end of this week. <laughs> and uh, I ended up going with the rest of my life option. And so Damn. every so often yeah. I'll be like, you know, checking in on it on my elevator and someone will be like, hmm, Pokemon Go. And like, give me this like judgmental face. And I'm like, sorry. That I remember Pokemon Go. Mewtwo's. <laughs> yeah. Sorry that I don't, um, you don't have 12 Mewtwo's because of all the hard work that you do every day. It's like geez. crazy. So, so yeah. they recently made it so you could, because of sort of the COVID and everything, that you can catch Pokemon from your house on a more, I guess, like yeah. more Pokemon to be in your house. Have you guys been so, trying that out and does it work well? Yeah, they added a few. So there's more Pokemon in the wild, it appears. Um, and they're kind of giving away incense a little bit more easily. So every so often they change the shop to have something that's one coin. Um, most things oh, cool. start at like 200 coins. So they'll <laughs> add like a one coin option, which will be like incense or whatever, um, so that you can get more Pokemon to come to you. And then it's on a rotation, but there's things like twice the radius or twice the time or twice as many Pokemon, stuff like that going on. 
They've also changed it so that you don't have to visit. So there's little challenges you can do every day. And basically you get a stamp each day for completing these little challenges. You can keep three in your stock at a time. And then at the end of it, you get a big prize. So it's like once a week, you get a big prize. Um, you used to have to visit Pokestops to do that, but you don't anymore. They now just send them to you. And they've also brought in uh, remote raid passes. So you usually oh. have to visit a gym physically to raid. And now you can get remote raid passes. Usually they'll give you like three for one coin and you can visit a raid anywhere. So you don't actually have to go anywhere. So, and then they've got like half distance for hatching eggs. Basically they're trying to make it that you can do things remotely. Um, the whole idea of Pokemon Go is getting out and walking around uh, is how you right. complete things. So they've just kind of made it easy to not have to walk around and visit places. That's as cool. Much. Yeah. And our like gyms... Small, like smaller changes too, like just like they increased like the distance you can be like from a stop or from like a gym so that you can like still interact with it. Yeah. Hmm. So, so with gyms, like how far can you be? Like, can I just sit at home and there's a gym down my street that I can um, take or... I, should I venture out into the wasteland to try to get this gym? To, I'd literally have to probably get out there with a tape measure, but I feel like, like, because there's a gym not too far from, like, my house, and, like, I want to say you could be, like, a probably a clean, like, 20, 30 feet away from it and still hit it. Like, it's, like, they really made it so you could, like, you, like, it used to be, like, you had to be, like, within, like, three or four feet of it to get to it. Interesting. Yeah. So it may, I don't know, load it up and see if you can interact with it. Cause I'm downloading it right now. I, yeah. <laughs> they and really, like, yeah, they really up it. To actually like visit and battle and take over the gym. You have to be pretty close, but during a raid, you can use the remote pass. So I don't think the remote oh, okay. pass would have any other like benefit other than for a raid. Like you can't yeah. just like go take the gym that's far away. You still have to visit. Right. The gym. Right. And but for certain people, I mean like, like I actually hooked up with um like a bunch of people in like in Tottenham, who do like they like we have like our own little raid group right so like for for people like that who are actually in groups who can like coordinate it's like especially right now it's like it's a huge game changer right because like i mean trying to trying to test your luck and see like you know if a, if a big raid is happening you're just gonna like like throw down a, a remote raid pass to see if like anyone will jump into it is still pretty dicey but like if you're still coordinating with like a group and stuff like it's it's a great benefit yeah I'm like super spoiled. My building is a gym, so like, oh nice. There are always a thousand people at every. Room. Oh yeah. But it's also very annoying because it's very hard to take it over, because there's always a yeah. thousand people trying to take it over. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking it would have like because parks are basically closed down uh, mostly yeah. everywhere. So just, those focus I mean, stops didn't, didn't some open up this uh, last week? Maybe. I don't know uh, the answer to that. But I feel like there was an opportunity before this all hit to get into your Pokemon into a gym and it stays there for like, I don't know, indefinitely. Yeah, but, but I guess you only get as many coins. You can only there, There's a cap of coins you can get for one Pokemon. So Yeah, so you can only get 50 um, coins in 24 hours. And it's not like they don't like compounds. So if your Pokemon is in the same gym for four days, you don't get 50 coins like one per day. You only get it only counts for like when the Pokemon leaves. So if you placed right. one for 48 hours and one for two hours and they both got kicked out at the same time, you would still only get the 50 coins. Yeah. So oh, okay. Okay. Like stuck there for four days. It's actually not good. It, I mean, it like, used to be the wild problem. West, right? Like when it first came out, like they made a yeah. lot of quality. It's, it's, it's kind of like why, like the, I was going to say, like, it's probably like, it's probably, you know, for the best that you decided to go with the, like play it for life option, because like, it's like a real game now. Like they have yeah. made so many improvements to it. 
Yeah, at the beginning it was, well, I mean, they've added so many things <clears throat> between, like, the battles, they changed the gyms, the raids, like, none of that existed at the beginning. Yeah. It was literally just catching Pokemon. <laughs> You'd go to a gym and find, like, seven Snorlaxes and just be like, well, crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. but then when you got into the gym, it was just, like, ten coins, and then you were yeah. out. But it was also the biggest thing at the time of like you know anything everyone is pokemon going and just yeah that's sort of going outside and like the hype was was big enough that the game didn't have to be great it was like oh there's pokemon that i can catch it's that, that that's good wasn't. for a year it's better than it wasn't yeah. like i think that the fact that it has graduated over time is a good thing like they've added even recently the go battle league like they've slowly rolled out new things which has kept it interesting interesting Otherwise, I would have been bored of it after two months if, like, all the things were there. The fact that they keep mm. adding stuff keeps me interested. Like, it's right. not just about waiting. Because they've obviously, like, rolled out Pokemon, like, a little bit at a time so that you can never actually have a full um, Pokedex. But, um, yeah, if it was all there at the same time, you'd be like, I wouldn't keep playing the same game for 15 years just to catch a Mew. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I would. That's <laughs> right. a lie. I'm very ends oriented and a completionist, so I probably will keep this game forever as long as they keep rolling out new Pokemon until I get them all. <sighs> and then they added shinies and then they added luckies. It's gonna take me forever. Square shinies, whatever the heck that is. Well, that's, I have no well, idea what that is. You just talked me out of getting Sword and Shield because I keep deciding if I want to get it, but the fact <laughs> that there's more to complete is like absolutely not. It's a hard no from me. Well, like a whole okay. new element of shiny for every Pokemon. Yeah, well, absolutely the, the not. Good thing is, well, is that when when you complete the decks in in Sword and Shield, you actually get an item that increases the chance that you will get shinies. No, I no no no. It's a, <laughs> You're, you're just you're <laughs> you're, you're I, digging the hole deeper i think yeah that's, I mean, I mean, said... that's, that's what i like first first i beat sword and shield and i was like oh this is fun i'll just like go around and have some fun playing it then i got really yeah. into like completing the decks and i did See? um you know i did a lot of coordinating with people online and like reddit to like trade like the exclusives oh my god, oh my god. and then i just started shiny hunting but like i think Red i've had more i've had more luck in pokemon go with finding shinies than i have in literally any pokemon game so it's just like it's really cool that there's this whole pokemon home thing now because i can just keep finding shinies and go and just sending them over like oh yeah i totally got this no i'm stressed this is stressing me out when they said that you needed i think it was sword and shield i honestly don't know the game to yeah. like evolve your meltan quicker i was like well i just need to chase rare candy all day every day for the rest of my life because i cannot have another game in the mix here so I will eventually have my Meltan as yeah. soon as well, I, I mean, stop let's, dumping my rare let's candy go is like, terrible Mewtwo. Let's go is worth having, I think, if like you know you have nostalgia for red and blue because that's basically what it is. Um, it's just red and blue with like Pokemon Go's catching mechanic, which I think mm. is kind of an interesting like you know take on the whole thing, right? It's also with EXP shares and everything. It's it's a much much easier version. Like every gym you're gonna go to, you're gonna be super leveled up. But you know, if you like those Pokemon, it's it it's a pretty stress free kind of Pokemon. Yeah, it's casual. It's multiplayer, local, so that's pretty cool. Better than Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, that's for sure. I will slap you. I will come through the computer <laughs> and, and slap you. And we did it. And that's the Pokemon talk. Wow. <laughs> that's Pokemon Go for everyone. Um, Who didn't know we... that Pokemon Go was a thing? Do we need to take an audio break? Let's take a quick audio break, and I guess we'll be back after that. 
and we are back uh so we after that um really fun digression that we just had it's time to start talking some serious business wow gaming business <laughs> what kind of business jordan <laughs> well i like to i like to think that uh it's you know it's professional and personal and it's really about how uh, amiibo festival is kind of one of the best games of our time <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm leaving the podcast. This has been real. Thank uh, you for coming to my TED talk. Um, no, <laughs> so okay. uh, so for, first things first. You know, before before we get into some, I guess, some more of the uh, lighter and uh, talky topics. Um, Alex, you want to talk a little games, esports, don't you? I do, I do. Oh, thank you, Jordan. I'm no just, this, I, I'm, I'm not prepared, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, how's yeah, the, how's so... the Amiibo Festival competitive scene doing? So Overwatch League, right? Um, <laughs> st- stuff's going down. So anyway, last year in the finals, Overwatch League, big league, um, big esports stuff, a lot of money in it. The final two teams at the finals were the San Francisco Shock and the Vancouver Titans. Okay. And in the last two weeks, both of these teams have seen some kind of huge changes. On the on the Shock side, the MVP from last season has left Overwatch and he's become a Valorant pro, which for those of you who don't know is the new... A shooter by the makers of uh, League of Legends. So he's like, eh, you know what, Overwatch League, I want to make money over here. So he's basically the face of Overwatch League is gone. And he's oh, gone wow. to another game. And then you're like, but, but Alex, what about the Vancouver Titans, the team that finished second last year and are, are sort of this great story about a team that came down from the lower leagues and they stayed together the whole roster. They came to the Overwatch League. They played really well. They almost won the championships. Uh, about an hour before we recorded, the entire team was let go. Um, oh damn! A week oh before, gosh. less than a week before, their team has a game. So I think they're playing this Saturday, and the entire roster has been let go. Um, and the owners have sort of released a statement that goes something like this: So uh, the, basically, they won their first two games of the season. Then COVID hit, and all the members of the team were Korean, so they all went home. And then this sort of happened. So their initial plan was for the team to join the Asian division and continue to play the new schedule from the comfort of the players' home but it was quickly apparent that this created a whole new set of challenges. The time difference made it difficult for management and the home fan base to connect with the team, and technical challenges for the players from home further exacerbated the situation. And then they list every player on the roster and saying that they've been released, and that's it. The team has no players, and they have a game coming up in a week. (laughs) What? Wow. And this is the second-best team out of a 20-team league last year, and all these players are now free agents. And the reason they were all let go is because they're like, well, you know, you didn't really connect with our fan base. So sorry, we got to make the big bucks, which is just, it's a wild, wild story. It's well, they now have no players. They have no players. Uh, apparently they're going to sign a, a sort of second tier team. And I guess they're going to play this week because there's been no announcement that they're not playing this week. But there's, it, it's basically like you have like a, like a farm team for like, a, let's say the, the Toronto Marlies, the Toronto Police farm team is like, okay, you guys are now the Maple Leafs. Go ahead. You're playing against Boston today. That pretty much happened. Yeah, I, I won't steer us down that, but uh... sports podcast next week. <laughs> yeah, I won't take us there, but that's pretty much happened before. Yeah, go on. Yeah, but it's it's wild because this the, arguably the the second best team in the league. All the players are now free agents, and this like they're just like okay, we're now we're looking for teams, and now all the teams are like oh, we can kind of get these players, and who's on Vancouver now? And it's just it's kind of a whole big mess in, in in the Overwatch League this year, which has been hit with the COVID-19, of course, but they've sort of tried to to keep going, doing things from home and, and really adapting. But this just looks really bad on the whole ownership team where they're like, yeah, you know what? Um, we're looking to appeal to a North American audience. So having a team full of Korean players, probably not the best look for us. Sorry. 
bye. And it's like, okay, great. So weird. Yeah. So that that's that's sort of the the, the update this week. So uh, I don't know. Overwatch League's in a weird place because Overwatch Two is coming out eventually, but not yet. And it's it, it's in a weird limbo spot where teams have paid like thirty million dollars for a spot in this league, and they're really not getting the return on investment right now. So um, yeah, all's good in Overwatch Land. Oh, sounds exciting. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> well, uh, that's good to. Good to good to know. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know anything about Overwatch or Overwatch League for that matter. Is it? Worth you mean you don't play Overwatch all the time? You know Jordan? what? I really don't. I was actually and as 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 like I I was making the joke because I had to, my cousin was like always trying to like get me to play Overwatch, and I was like, I'll tell you what, when it comes to Switch, I will play Overwatch. And then it came to Switch, and I was like, eh, maybe I'll just wait on it. I heard I've heard varying things about like its quality on the Switch, so I'm not sure. I heard it came to Switch. I got that was a thing. It's it's not good on Switch. If if you can play it on any other console, do because but, but that's a weird thing, Alex. I've heard I've actually heard quite a few people say it's it's not half bad on Switch. Like it's it's worth a play. Uh, just I don't know. Number, okay, it's a great game. I love it. It's probably one of my favorite games of all time. But it's running at 30 frames per second instead of 60 frames per second. It's running on Nintendo Switch's online service, which is shoddy. And Ooh. it's compared to PlayStation, which is locked at 60 frames and, and, and that kind of stuff for online play. It's it, you're you're not getting the same experience. And yeah, so you compete against the same. But it's not crossplay, is it? No, it's not. It's, it's, so everyone's sort of disadvantaged, but it just feels so sluggish. Because it's running like, because it, it runs sluggish compared to other stuff. So if you've played Overwatch anywhere else, it feels sluggish. If you've played like even something like Paladins, which is a free-to-play sort of same idea, team-based uh, multiplayer game, it runs. Alex, much, I think much you better. mean blatant copy. Yeah, but it's it's funny that the blatant copy runs better because it's like it's just it's, it's it's sort of a simpler kind of game that's like less stuff going on. But they did port the entire Overwatch game with all the modes and everything over. Mm-hmm. But and it runs technically, but like in Preston's review, I think he gave it like a six out of ten. It's like it's still Overwatch, but it's kind of got a limp, you know. It's like uh, that makes sense. Still there. I've asked people like on Reddit, like because like because I was exactly okay. That. Okay, no, no, sorry, I take it back. If if Reddit told you that, that's yep. Okay. Reddit is the. <laughs> Let me finish because I All said right, yeah, yeah. and I like I specifically like referenced Preston's review and I said like I've uh-huh. heard people say like you know I've heard authorities say that doesn't rel- run well on Switch and a bunch of people were like no it runs perfectly fine like this and that so I was like I don't know maybe it's worth looking at on the Switch like I feel like it's like I'm at this place now where it's like if there's any game that I kind of want and it's on the Switch I'll probably just end up getting it on the Switch I mean yeah. there's certain games you should probably just not play on the Switch <sighs> but I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have like I don't have a PlayStation, so when we were talking about obviously the only game I play Friday the Thirteenth, you guys were mm-hmm. like you and other people were like, oh, but it runs so terribly on the Switch, and I was like, well, I can't tell because it runs fine to me. Like I have no idea there's <laughs> yeah. a better graphics version of it. Yeah, so like I'm not you're not going to convince me to buy a PlayStation. Maybe if I had a PlayStation, I would prefer that. Like, yeah, I, I mean, my I background with Overwatch. Is I went, I had I had it on PlayStation Four, which anyway, it's like sixty frames per second, and then I got, I bought a PC, got a PC, and then it's I'm like at hundred like it's I've sort of just gotten higher and higher, and then I'm like oh I have a Nintendo Switch and I love my Switch and I love Overwatch, but going from anything else to the Switch is a hard thing. But if it is your first game and you I mean if you've never played Overwatch before or sort of curious, I think the Switch version. Like it runs well enough. You, you, like you, you're gonna be able to see the characters. You're gonna be able to shoot the weapons. You're gonna be able to do all that. It's just if you haven't experienced with the game in any other sort of form, 
it's not worth it. It's also probably not on Stadia yet, but I don't know. I just like bring up Stadia once an episode to just because uh, it, yeah, no one else is that yeah. hot that hot platform that everyone's using. Never yeah, heard of it. It, it exists. Look, all I'm yeah. saying is I got the Outer Worlds on PlayStation, and I'm definitely going to get it on Switch. I, nice. Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and that I think we're getting. Favorite. We might. We're probably getting review codes for that. So maybe I'll just get you to review it. So Give I don't it have to. <laughs> nice. I would love that. Are you still gonna buy it? Because you just said you'd buy it. So are you, are you, uh, are you gonna get yeah, the review code two and, and then buy it? Copies just to have it. Like yeah. So it's one digital code to frame and one digital <laughs> code to play. You like print it out and yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put the I mean, you could buy a physical copy for himself. They do have phys- physical copies are still a thing. Yeah, but Obsidian they're not as frameable as as numbers. You know, you can, yeah. I feel they're more number, more frameable. Mm. well that's a debate for another podcast but uh (laughs) jordan i hear that uh universal's like yo we love our trolls movie and we're making coin or bank as they say it's true i don't know why you're throwing this to me know what the this whole is movie Um, theaters aren't too happy well at least i'm gonna gonna, first i'm gonna let you guys have the floor because i know uh lindsay had a lot of thoughts about this too and i might interject from time to time Hmm. Yeah, so for those of you who've heard or haven't and want a brief primer, um, AMC is a li- AMC Theaters, not the network, is a little bit at uh, at odds with our good friend Universal. Um, so long story short, as I understand it, so um, with obviously theaters being closed currently and obviously struggling a lot, um, a lot of movies are being released direct to VOD. And no one was exactly sure how that was going to go. Um, and Trolls 2 was a massive success. So Universal released Troll 2 to be... How much did it make? Uh, over $100 million was was really? that I saw. Yeah, much it was... Really? Than, yeah. I've never yeah. been... I think we talked about this last week or a couple weeks ago. I was like, never more wrong about anything. Because I was like, no yeah. way. Kids don't care about new releases. No one's going to do that. And I was totally wrong. Um, I am looking this up right now. Yeah, so as a result, um, Universal dropped the idea that since this was such a huge success, we might consider um, releasing things on VOD at the same time as theaters, which, as you can imagine, would obviously be very bad for movie theaters um, if you could watch things from home immediately. So AMC theaters basically said, well, in that case, we're just not going to show Universal movies. So they're kind of at war. In a weird way, that seems like it's not good for anyone. Um, I don't think yeah. that AMC will be able to survive uh, without showing Universal movies and going to war with Universal isn't great. Yeah. At the same time, I honestly totally see their point, and I'd be like, well, I'm not going to make any money off of it if people can rent it from home. Um, it earned... Tro- oh, so I'm, trying, yeah. I'm just trying to go over the numbers here. You can continue talk as I read these numbers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange one. It's actually something I think a lot about because the switch from theaters to at home um, is something I really thought about um, COVID having a huge effect on. Um, so I think it is an intriguing one. I think that we've seen a lot of people demanding streaming much quicker. Um, you know, there used to be the trickle of something would come to theaters and then it was like two years later you could rent it, and then <laughs> a year after that it might be on TV. But only if you're good. The movie network. And then a year after that, it might be on cable with uh, commercials and you could tape it. And that was kind of the the way things came out. And obviously with streaming, we've really changed the way we consume movies. Oh my gosh, who has a landline adorable? Wow. Um, That's the same phone that I have in my house too. So, oof. Yeah, it's just like my cell phone ringtone. This is the sound it makes. Oh, that's funny. It's just yeah. nostalgic for me. 
I like it. Um, I have a, yeah. yeah. I, Sorry. I have an app that lets me like it's like a rotary phone. That's oh, how that's I dial people like on my phone. Oh, interesting. You know what? That actually would be a good app now that I think about it. <laughs> Put that out there. <laughs> Patent pending. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know what? Me. Sorry. Um, to, just to like just to um to get on like back on track with the uh with this whole universal AMC situation, like it's 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 it definitely seems to me like one of those situations where like it's like um you know necessity is the mother of all invention so like we are sort of entering a time now where like the necessity of streaming and like straight to like you know straight to video is like more like great than ever um but it's just it's just been the way that the market has been trending now for years so like yeah it seems you know all possible that um mr uh shell here can like say oh we're not going to uh screen any universal movies like that's not mm-hmm. gonna hurt us at all but it's just like that's probably not going to stop like if even if that's the case there's nothing to stop universal as a studio from like going the way of like disney and saying okay then we'll make our own streaming service and we'll just put our like or you know we'll make our own like straight to video like service that we can just I mean, put our movies out. but jordan uh, Universal is Com- Universal Comcast. Yeah, Universal is Comcast. They also own NBC, I believe. Is it NBC they own? Yeah, it's NBC Universal. Yep. Yeah, and they have their own streaming platform called Peacock launching. So, oh, no, there you go. I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah, but I mean, it- yeah. I don't, I- Sorry, go on. Someone was going to say something. No, nope, no one will take it. Take no, it. I was- <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll take it. Um, yeah, the trend towards streaming has been um, it's been ramping up for a while. I mean, even if we don't want to talk about streaming platforms, you can talk about the loss of the theater experience in that people are very willing to illegally download movies as soon as they come out because they would rather watch them at home uh, for free, yep. which is a bummer and that's why we saw the rise in so much you know nostalgic films so many nostalgic films and large theater experiences like i i mean i would posit that a lot of the mcu success was as a result of it being a movie that you need and want to see in theaters um yeah you know the 3d of it all and the 40x and the drinks at the theater now are all just like trying to get people to keep coming to theaters so i think there's a like that's a massive thing to consider and if i was a theater owner and you know people who love theaters love theaters like i love the theater i you know i'm I'm into it so i think that if you're a theater owner and you hear a company saying one of the biggest reasons people are going to come to your theater um being able to see a movie early and on time um we're going to take that away from you that would be really scary and upsetting so as much as i don't think that amc has a really big um you know, has a huge hand to play to be able to say, well, I guess we're just not going to show universal movies at the same time. I'd be pretty miffed too. If I heard that one of the biggest suppliers of the product that I sell was going to get it to people cheaper and easier without me. Right. And, and they're profiting right now, or, or I mean, obviously Universal's hurting right now, but movie yeah. theaters are completely standstill. Right. So they're like, I mean, and I think AMC is already kind of talking about how far or how close they are to bankruptcy in current right. state, yeah. because if this keeps going, they aren't going to last much longer. Because weird thing is, owning lot, renting large amounts of property across the country is expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge theaters, massive theaters is really expensive. Yeah, so it's a very interesting, strange one. Like we talked a lot on our last episode about um, 
I think it was the last episode about, you know, how a lot of things were going to be going direct to consumer. So going around comic book shops and how that's going to hurt them and things like that. Mm. This is just another, I don't know if you want to say symptom, but another symptom of that is, is this. So I could see if I were a theater owner, really, really sweating that. And then again, as a theater fan, much like I was the old fashioned comic book fan, I'm like, no, keep releasing things in theaters only. (laughs) Like I still want that, but that's also very easy for me to say because I have, four theaters within walking distance of me, um, which is not the case for a lot of people. Like I know. That being said, I do want to bring up quickly the fact that it seems like drive-in theaters are kind of having a weird resurgence now because it, it, Socially distanced movie-going experiences. And yeah, I'm kind of okay with that. Do you, so, do you guys know of any like like around that are actually like are, are they open right now, or is it something uh, that they, they open, will be open? Some are opening. Some are opening. Okay. I think there's one. There's a thing happening. There's a thing oh. happening. Hold on, guys. You can just maybe edit around this little blurb. Uh, there's a thing happening now with driving theaters. Well, you know what? Uh, while while you're looking that up, um, just to like you know. Uh, add my add my opinion here on like what you were saying about the theater experiences like you know i'm um i'm kind of like half with you on that just because like you know i i think as much as anybody like do enjoy going to the theater um you know for certain movies but like i'm certainly not of the thought that like i wouldn't avoid and we and we i do we, uh, we did talk about this a little bit before like in one of our like the previous podcasts like it's just one of those things where it's like if you can avoid it that's great like it's a sort of the same thing like with me and like games like if i can avoid buying a physical copy and just get it digitally i will do that because it's just it's easier mm-hmm. it's more convenient you know i set the terms of my uh viewing experience and like as much as you're really never gonna like subtract or like you're never gonna um get that same experience of going to the theater like there have been times where like going to the theater has been like really really cool right like and just yeah. like, like way that like the entire audience sort of reacts to a certain moment in the theme like uh or a, a certain scene like that's that's a real thing but like, i feel like you can still get that on a personal level from home so it's just like it's just it really is just like it's the way that the that the whole industry is trending and i i personally i personally see it more as a net positive than a negative yeah i mean it's 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 interesting because it, it's movie theaters like it's not going to be people are going to say okay well movie theaters are open everyone's going to go flock to movie theaters there's like like, like we've said before there's going to be that fear like okay even if this if covid sort of goes away or or, or gets lessened as, as time goes on it's still sitting in a dark room with a bunch of strangers isn't something that people are going to feel very comfortable with so yeah. it's 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 tough because i mean i i personally love going to movie theaters and i just discovered or sort of rediscovered an old timey sort of movie theater not like a it was actually like the Kingsway Cinema, and it's like, oh, like I go to a comic book store near it all the time, and I went in, and it's like an old timey movie theater, and it's like, oh, this is this is lots of fun. I love the movie theater experience and experiencing something for the first time on the big screen. Um, yeah. It's just I, I don't know how they're gonna get out of this, and especially if they're sort of warring with each other, where they're you know Universal and, and AMC are sort of like shooting each other, but then shooting themselves in the foot once too, like one shot to you, one shot to my foot, and back and forth, like it's. It's not really good for either of them, but they also need to in it find a way to innovate and survive. Because, I mean, that's the answer. I mean, especially worldwide, there where one country might open up and theaters are back open and back working. There's going to be other places where they're not, but you're going to want to have that universal experience. So, some like one 
place in Canada might be fine to go to a movie theater where another one might not be. And what are they going to do? Stagger the movie across the country as they do it? Like, that's not going to work. Yeah. 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 It'll take a long time it's... to recover. And then, yeah, when it comes to like innovating, it's again, something I'm interested in as a film fan who loves the theater and uh, seeing like the, the divide and how we've adapted, like Canadian theaters really adapted by making things in a weird way they're the ones that are like bigger and better bigger better popcorn combos and swag and like all of those um you know cup toppers and special popcorn holders those are all a cineplex thing those are a canadian thing so my american friends are always like how did you get a harley quinn hammer popcorn bowl and i'm like Canadian <laughs> baby um paid 60 bucks let's go yeah sure did yeah. um but it was worth it um yeah and uh yeah versus like you know the alamo uh, alamo draft house is has things like rowdy screenings and quiet screenings and they've got really strict rules about uh, any noise being made in the theater but then if you attend a rowdy screening all bets are off and that's an interesting way to adapt also like as someone who hates as soon as i see a cell phone in a theater i'm like oh god this whole day is ruined but then <laughs> on the other side of it i also in like a big loud or a slasher or whatever movie like i want to hear people screaming and cheering like that's what i want so it's an interesting way of innovating that way for that experience and i don't know what's better or worse but i think those types of innovations are are what theaters are going to live and die on for sure and I think like we, we have sort of seen that resurgence with, with, with those more like rowdy or themed theater event nights and everything. And yeah. like a, a lot of people sort of supporting because they're passionate about it. And they're also passionate about using it as sort of a socializing event and finding more people mm -hmm. who are interested in what they do, which I, that's not going to go away. Obviously, people, are, humans need connection. Um but it's it'll, it'll just now be interesting to see how yeah exactly so on one hand it's like people don't want to go to dark theaters but when this is over there's there's going to be like there's already such a hole of people like man we want to connect with people like it's like knock on wood when this is over like seeing someone on the street and talk to them is going to be like oh my gosh what a rush oh, oh, we did it 100%. oh my gosh did, did i do that right did i screw it? Oh, oh who cares i'll try again another day <laughs> so yeah Yes, I don't think. That, yeah, and I, so I don't think that the, that, that the excitement and, and sort of the the appetite for for these sort of film experiences and then this kind of stuff's going to go away, but it will have to maybe be replaced or for for, for the short period at least, and, and and sort of worked with. And I hope that movie theater chains make it through, but I also hope that they make it through and make some changes to make it more of a to 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 sort of iterate and be not just go back to how it was sort of thing but also be like okay like we made it out of here maybe there's things we can do which is tough because it is a pandemic so mm -hmm. you know uh it's just uh, you've seen it with so many things it's like people will always pay for convenience and i feel like even as much as like going to the theater is like an event unto itself like it can be quite inconvenient and it's like if i'm going to pay like a little bit extra or roughly in the ballpark to watch a movie from home and be comfortable and not have to like put on pants and go out. Um, I'll definitely do that. I feel like 90% of people would too. Well, I mean, George, just wait for the pants screenings that are going to come to the Island of the <laughs> <laughs> Those would be Oh, that'll be the day. That's the dream, Brent. That was supposed to open up in May. I'm so disappointed. It's like, <laughs> damn. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, moving on from that fun uh, topic, there was uh, just a small little fun thing that I felt uh, we should talk about. The um, the infamous movie Cannibal Holocaust 
is getting a i guess a a, an official sequel in the form of a video game i have questions for you um when i think of the the biggest question why uh Um, yeah yeah it's well i don't know cannibal holocaust so when i hear the herd cannibal and holocaust and then i hear fun i'm i'm already like what, what what is this but now it's an adaptation of of the cannibal holocaust but they were like let's make this a video game i don't know well it's supposed so far i mean details about it are pretty scarce like we don't even know like what kind of game it's gonna be or like what it is but supposedly it um is going to be like an official sequel because i uh brendan and i were talking about this briefly like that i believe it's like the um the, the green inferno by uh, Eli Roth was sort of like a like spiritual successor to was, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Um, but this, so this is supposed to be like an official like sequel to the movie. I mean, um, that's a movie that doesn't need a sequel, and that's a movie that is way overhyped. Well, I guess yeah. It's I mean, it's it, it courted a lot of controversy back in the day for you know uh, displaying a lot of you know violence towards animals just 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 straight up animal murder yeah (laughs) well also it was to be fair this was a movie where people actually did think people died yeah because you know the documentary genre and the mockumentary genre really weren't yeah they, they they were yeah they were trying to really uh like hammer that home for the sake of the movie so the human murder wasn't real but they were just like yo animals Dead, no, dead. but like it wasn't it wasn't real, but like there was like they like the the director like told the actors to sort of like stay out of the public eye for like you know a couple months because oh, like because this was uh, you know uh, Cannibal Holocaust is like debatably one of the first like quote unquote found footage movies, so like they were trying to um, really like put up it's like that this was a real thing that they actually legitimately found this so like they wanted people to believe that the actors who were in it, like, like actually died in the movie. Um, yeah. So basically what happened. So the murders were pretty violent and gruesome in a time, uh, in like 1981, I believe. Yeah. It came out. Oh, 1980. So, oh, okay. So Close it was, all, it was very like surprising and they didn't really know how they did the effects. And part of that was that they um, had the actors apparently sign contracts with production to basically saying stay out of stay out of the public eye. So then when these hmm. scary graphic murders of them came out, people were like, oh, these people are really dead because they're now missing. Um, and so they alleged that it was a snuff film, but it was all just not true at all. And they had the actors show up and get interviewed on a talk show to say that that wasn't actually the case and that they were very much alive. And they showed how they did some of the gags. And that was a, that was kind of all of that. But I mean, yeah. now that will be viewed as very excellent hype. So, huh. uh, yeah, yeah. On a marketing yeah. perspective, that's pretty ingenious. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I mean, like, like they're you know the the film, I guess, is is arguably like the quality of the film is debatable. Um, but it's it just, is not great. It's not yeah. a good <laughs> Yeah. And that's the um, debate. Thank you. This is, we'll be here all week. Um, but it's just like, it's just definitely one of those weird, interesting things. And like, I think even more so interesting, like the actual original uh, director is like, like working with the, like with the team to like make this a game. So like, yeah, he is involved. So I, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one. It's just, it... I'm just sort of confused as to why it would be turned into a video game kind of thing. 
It, like, well, it, if it, it, if like, it goes like, away, like, yeah. I don't know if they're, if they're going to do, like, like you know, maybe, um, I think uh, it was a, the article I'm looking at on, uh, it's basically kind of like, was like, cited um, uh, Blair Witch Project, like, you know, saying that, uh, like, this was one of the first films that sort of, like, inspired movies like that, and then I find it interesting that, like, not, you know, was it like a year or two ago, um, or not even, like, last year, the, the Blair Witch game came out so maybe it's just like trying to like you know fit in the into into that mold somehow like so whether this is going to be like a first person survival horror game or it's going to be sort of like a like a like a point and click kind of game where there's actual like narrative and you know you have to make certain choices to like which characters live and die and there's going to be like like morality behind it none of us can say because there's like literally no details on the on this game yet except for the fact that it is happening and it is incredibly weird Mm-hmm. Checks out. Well, that's fair. Yes. I mean, I really sure. That's <laughs> basically <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, all right, and so I guess now, since we still have a bit of time left, I mean, we can. Well, Lindsay through. was saying things. So we want to. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh sorry. No, Lindsay, I was go just ahead. saying that I like. Yeah, the movie's gross, and I don't want any more of it. Well, but what about a video game where you can play yeah. as the animals <laughs> and, and survive from being murdered? Yeah. Or what if it's like a revenge tale where it's like, Is your you know, revenge tale about the, the pig coming back? Yeah, it's like a pig and then he's got like a machine gun. He's like, this time it's personal. Yeah, it's, yeah, maybe. And just give all the money directly to the director. Yeah, it's a shoot. I got his, I, you know, it's a tough one. It's a little bit, you know, it's one of the things that shouldn't be nuanced and accidentally because it's 2020. But, um, yeah, they like very much murdered and tortured a bunch of animals on screen and then made the point that, oh, it's only because of the it being exploitation. You were cool with it in Apocalypse Now, which, you know, obviously isn't the case. And then there was the other side of it that they were like, oh, you know. Also, has anyone ever said, I'm really cool with the animal abuse in Apocalypse Now? Has that yeah, ever no been, been a thing? Like, oh, I love that about Apocalypse What now. was your favorite part of Apocalypse? Oh, oh meat yeah. animal abuse? Oh. <laughs> animal was my favorite part. Me so it's a, it's a weird one and then they kind of were like oh you know but these animals i mean i don't want to get too far into um into this because i might end up trapping myself but you know the animals were apparently eaten by the cast members um because um they were considered um, a legacy to the indigenous cast members but that when they said that it only really referenced like one of the specific animals that still was killed in a really shitty way that probably wouldn't have otherwise happened. So hmm. um, it doesn't mean much to me that they ended up, you know, so well, at least they didn't waste it. Yeah. So they're like, Oh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think it sounds, it reads like one of those things where it's like, no, it's actually fine because you're like, is it though? I don't know that the, indigenous actors would have hacked him up alive with a knife but okay um they would not have but that's yeah fine. so you're like totally fine. not sure about that so yeah right. not excellent not a big fan don't want more of it but anyway well i appreciate the education and now <laughs> yeah. i'm good never to hear about it again so yeah. until it comes out you'll be <laughs> the one reviewing it worst. it is not the worst of its kind <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. no thank you my <laughs> Watch like six weeks and I've been like, guys, I've been playing this Cannibal Holocaust game. It is so I love it. It's it's on Nintendo. So it doesn't run quite as well as PlayStation Four, but, but you know, have a PlayStation. I'm totally <laughs> on Switch. It, it is uh, actually coming out on Switch. Just you know, to let you know. Is it actually? Oh, okay. It's well, coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Steam. So it's all right. Fun. If they announce a board game mode, I'm out of the video game industry. Just like. <laughs> 
Peace. <laughs> See ya. Oh Where your play pieces, the monkey or the pig? Oof. Um. Oof. Woof. All right. Well. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. To yep. our, uh, our our main story with with all of ten minutes left in this podcast, um, <laughs> there were there were some big leaks that happened. This oh week. yeah, this this happened. So um, somewhat well, okay, no, I, so Naughty Dog was having a really rough go of things. Um, someone we we don't know who it was first thought that it was a disgruntled employee at Naughty Dog. Because, uh, not to get too serious here, but Naughty Dog is kind of infamous for its uh, crunch with during development. And um, which, you know, we all know is, is not indicative to any kind of, like, you know, profitable workplace or, like, you know, anything that's good for yeah. employees. Um, but it was later discovered that it wasn't. But somebody leaked, like, all the major plot points of in video year. form yeah like it like all of it <laughs> like literally the entire game is out there huh. so that was really um a thing that happened but so far i i don't think they've they've um they found out who yeah, apparently people have been saying a hacker but i don't know if it's been officially announced yeah yet. well right now it, it seems like the details on that too are still kind of up in the air based on like what happened um I think you know it's 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 a little silly to me or not silly to me but it's like you know sort of I guess darkly funny that it's one of those things where someone could hear something like an, a disgruntled employee from Naughty Dog leak to the game in like frustration to their working environment and you kind of be like yeah that tracks yeah um, <laughs> yep. So, yep it made perfect I was like yeah that makes perfect yeah. sense yeah yep. so yep. It's, it's really unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, the game's set to come out, what, in June? July? Yeah, June. Yeah. Summertime sometime. All days seem same. But yeah, like very close to release. And it, it's a game that has, you know... Past the official but, release date. Like it was supposed to come out in May. Right, right. Which honestly, hey, you released it in May, you don't get leaked. No, kidding. Uh, that's, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's... It, it's a game like the first Last of Us. It's it's very narrative driven, and Naughty Dog sort of does those narrative driven games. So, mm-hmm. having the whole story leaked is kind of a big deal because that's really why you're in the game for. Mm-hmm. You're in there for what's going to happen, and getting that spoiled ahead of time is. I mean, it 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 sucks, but I mean, if if you like the first Last of Us game, I think you'll probably enjoy oh, this game. But I, I'm, I'm going to throw that out there, though. I'm going to throw it out there that Toss with it. games, be, uh, with games. They're going to be streamed day one, no matter what. So if you just don't want to watch those spoilers, don't watch those spoilers. Yes, it's bad for Sony because it does allow people to find those spoilers out. Yeah. But it doesn't really change anything. It's not like you just can go, well, I was going to buy the game, but now I'm going to watch a bad YouTube video kind of showing what's going on. I mean, they could just do that. They would have just done that if they were just going to play the game for that one purpose. Mm-hmm. They're going to watch a daily stream when it first, the day it launches, watch the entire, someone play the entire game and be done with it. Yeah. And if, 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 if you were serious about The Last of Us, this is like the second game. If you love the first one, you're not going to be like, well, I'm not getting the game anymore. It was ruined for me. Goodbye. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing a video game again. Like you're, you'll, you'll buy it. And I don't know. It, it, there's been a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, wow. Like people sort of using it as an ability to, to sort of, you know, shit on the, the, 
the people writing Naughty Dog, which is whatever, yeah. and like, oh well, uh, a female um, protagonist who's 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 a lesbian. Why? Oh, thanks, Naughty Dog. You're ruining this. Just just yeah. leave it at one game kind of thing. So it, it's sort of been a little co-opted into that. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, people are at home and they they want video games to play. And if if you like the first Last of Us, that's great. You'll like it. I mean, personally, it's not my kind of game. I like it's 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 a very emotionally draining game to play and cinematic. It's a brutal like, game. It is. Yeah, yeah and it's it's just not like when I'm like, okay, I want to play a game. I want to have fun for the most part it's it's not really my cup of tea but if you like the first game you're probably gonna like the second game or Mm -hmm. you know well i think i think it does speak and like kind of like building what ron brendan was saying like it speaks a lot to i think just like the nature of leaking in general or like you know like we'll put leak in like quotes because one of the things that like that does bother me a lot of the times like when when new games come out and like it's 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 not really not really like you know the fault of any like one person specifically it's but it's like you you literally cannot go on to youtube without seeing like every video in like the recommended or in the gaming section being like such and such game ending revealed and there's like a like a screenshot of like what the ending is mm-hmm. like setting up and it's just like like obviously like they're just trying to do their job as like content creators and streamers and they're like working with the algorithm that youtube has but it's mm-hmm. just like or it's twitch like, or whatever it might be yeah like it, it's it's impossible to escape it like at this point like it's just it's it's become such a such a thing about like like how the how the these videos and like these this content is is made that like mm-hmm. you can't get away from it so realistically like whether it's going to get spoiled uh, like weeks ahead of the game's release or you know the day it comes out like you're gonna end up seeing it even if you don't want to one way or the other but, I'm, know, also, but I'm also gonna throw it out there that these games it's the emotional investment in the characters as you play it so even if you see a little a reddit post about here's the plot points that isn't the same thing as playing it that's not the same thing right. as seeing these characters oh, seeing the voice actors seeing these directors show their craft within the game much like if you read on twitter here's what happens at the end of avengers it doesn't mean the entire movie's ruined for you right oh, absolutely it's, it's it's yeah exactly it's, it's the emotional investment and plot points are cool but it's a good game or a good narrative that makes you care about plot points so you throw a bunch of plot points at a wall and you're like oh that that, that could be cool or that could not be cool but it really de- depends on how the overall package is so yeah exactly you know, i i agree i just you know i, I definitely feel like it 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 ends up taking a bit of the wind out of the sails, you know what I mean? So it's like, because if you already know sort of like what's going to happen going in, like you, mm-hmm. you already have that that sort of like that predetermination that like it's it, it sort of affects the way that you're going to get emotionally involved because you already kind of know what's going to happen. You know what sorry. I mean? Ha- have you guys... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, just go, go. <laughs> um, aside from being like bombarded with an accidental spoiler... There's always been ways to spoil things. Like, if you're someone who likes to know the ending, you'll find out the ending. And if you're someone yeah. who doesn't, you yeah. won't. Like, I avoided... I mean, it's really different with movies, but, like, I've avoided spoilers from movies that I wanted to wait to watch at home. <laughs> and it's been... It sucks, but, you know, you wait and you just do what you gotta do. But then, at the same time, when I didn't want to see um, Rise of Skywalker as early as everyone else, I eventually got to a point where I was like, just tell me guys whatever and like (laughs) people oblige immediately um with no warning at all but um yeah so i mean if you want to know the ending you'll know it if you don't i mean yeah you can see screenshots on your like youtube feed or reddit or whatever but like you know either avoid it or don't and i think 
if something that's really great and something that you really love, it won't matter. Like if you haven't rewatched Shutter Island since knowing the ending, like you're wild. I, I, you know, you could figure out the ending of Shutter Island from the trailer. It doesn't make it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of these trailers show almost all the all major plot points yeah. in most movies, most games, anyway. So yeah, I still yeah. wanted to watch it. Did the, did the Avengers win? Question mark. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Going? No, everyone died. The end of the, end of the entire Marvel universe. Don't watch Damn. Civil War or don't watch um, Infinity War if you want to know the answer to that question. Damn. Uh, well, but, I mean, but that, and that, but that again, that's that was a whole like other converse topic of conversation entirely, right? Because they did such a good job like hiding what was like going on in infinity war that like when it turned out that like yeah like literally everybody dies in the, in the end like it was a real spoiler punch right yeah. Yeah. Sorry. i mean Sorry. Spoiler unless alert, you guys. read the comic that it's based on also titled yeah. infinity war but yeah, like, or like no one listens to me so it's okay coming but it's yeah the thing about i don't know yeah i mean the thing about spoilers is that it's become a really excellent marketing tool like marvel and disney have done I mean, this is a total, totally different topic, but they've done a really excellent job exploiting spoilers as a marketing tool and yep. acting mm-hmm. like, oh no, our Tom Holland can't keep his mouth shut, so we're going to put him on a bunch of talk shows and give him hilarious Oh, Thomas. Oh. Ha, ha, ha. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and uh, again, uh, spoiler. I don't mean that. In a, it's, it's smart. I wanted to see Civil War first, and or sorry, Infinity War first, because I wanted to make sure that I knew exactly, you know, I wanted to know right away before it got spoiled for yeah. me. Whatever. Even though you're able to make it to the theater clean and then get out and be like, okay, I can live my life now. Yeah, I haven't been spoiled. Twitter. Now yeah. I can tweet about it. Tweet, 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 yeah. tweet, tweet. No, don't yeah. do that. Uh, and, uh, but j- just sort of the word, though, the, I, I think also the word spoiler has sort of been a bit uh, misrepresented because a spoiler technically should be something that spoils the movie experience. And I don't think that knowing the end of something generally like if it's a good movie if the craft is good knowing p- parts of it shouldn't for the most part i mean i mean some of them are really built on twists and stuff but but yeah. for the most part it, it shouldn't destroy your experience and i think that yeah um, like as Lindsay was saying like shutter island or the irishman or hell casino etc parasite knew, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. if you do the spoilers those, the like the base plot from those movies that's not the movie going experience mm-hmm. there are some movies that are like a J.J. Abrams movie where they are based on the spoiler being the kind of central focus or M. Mike Shyamalan movie as well, right? where they, they do lose some impact. You're like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. I get it. Okay, cool, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I, I can't help but, uh, but wonder sometimes, like, if we maybe approach, like, the topic of, like, spoilers or, like, leaks from sort of a different perspective because, like, as game journalists, like, part of our job is like reporting on like game information so like if a script or like like plot details or something leaks ahead of the game's release you know it technically is kind of our job to like you know report the news right but at the same time like like there's this sort of like unwritten uh like agreement between us and developers to like not share that stuff um, I, I think, I think about, uh, it was when, uh, when Toby Fox released that first chapter of, um, Delta Rune and he like specifically asked people not to talk about it for like 24 hours. It's like, just let people play it, let them experience it. 
and then after 24 hours like you can talk about it and tweet about it all you want and like of course people didn't listen to him but it's like it, it like it sort of begs that question like like maybe maybe it's different for a guy like toby because he's like great and everything he makes is perfect and you know he's, <laughs> he was sincerely asking people not to like you know um spoil the thing that he made like kind of by himself but at the same time it's just like as journos it's like we don't really owe him anything like we can talk about it if we want to so it's just like i don't know does it put us in this weird uh space where it's just like maybe like we're okay with like or like the like the concept of something being spoiled be- like doesn't really like uh hold up as much because like that's part of our job is to spoil things i mean the answer oh. is it's each person their own like some people yeah, yeah. don't want to be spoiled and if that's the case they'll avoid coverage and and you also give them options too like i yeah. I, I think it was a i think because we reported on the last of us thing and we weren't like oh this is what happens at the end <laughs> by the way sucks to suck it was like hey here's a link if you want to see the spoilers you can <laughs> click on it it's not like you're clicking on our article and you're doing it but i mean some sites are like you know like careful if you click on this article it's going to be the spoilers. Spoilers ahead. Like you clicked this article, you're getting the answer. Yeah. Most websites have, you know, spoiler warnings and alerts and blurred content or a bar where below there'll be spoiler. Like always, there's always editor's notes and things. And just by publishing it, you're not necessarily forcing someone to see it. If somebody posted, you know, if the tweet and the headline were the ending of yeah. The Last of Us is, that's one thing. But like, I don't know. I right. think just by reporting on it, you're not forcing anyone to look at it. And right. also like, remember how much like our reporting is one piece of a very giant puzzle and so much of like you could make the argument that people are going to see the spoiler and then not see the movie or not play the game but realistically it's the media attention and hype that sells things so again marvel and disney capitalize off it by saying like don't spoil uh end game or whatever they had they knew yeah. that that was going to make it more exciting for people to spoil it and more exciting of course look up coverage yeah. and gonna have mm-hmm. more search results and more clicks with the spoilers just by yeah. adding all these hypes and tags and, and things like that so it is what it is like i yeah. a lot of people won't see something until they check the ending or it's just more hype like it's all hype and you can say there's no such thing as bad publicity that's definitely not necessarily true but um that part of what we do by reporting on it is, is bringing hype to something it's not about forcing someone to read it it's about putting more content about that game on the internet for sure and it's it's also a matter of like when you're sitting in that theater and it's the whatever it's the ninth star wars movie and you've avoided spoilers and this is the last one and you're like i I made it and it it makes you like even more excited it's it's like you feel accomplished now nowadays if you make it into a movie where you're like i didn't get it like i I don't really know the plot points which is cool i'm going in completely you know dark and everything and you see the movie and you're like whoa that was the, the rise of skywalker yeah but on the flip side you know <laughs> then it's like it's the rise of skywalker and i kind of wish i had known what i was getting into beforehand because i well, wouldn't have gone and seen uh, the movie. that's a separate that, <laughs> you're that's barking bad. up the wrong amiibo crossing party <laughs> yeah. you guys like know, guys. You, you cannot sit here and honestly tell me you've liked so the bonus the features on the rise of skywalker are now on <laughs> disney plus so you can check those out <laughs> and see the making of the film um yeah eunice the um, stunt coordinator is a gem you get get the uh exclusive fortnite gameplay that lets you see the plot that was missing from the movie what did you avoid (laughs) anyway so midsummer i wanted to watch it at home because part of my job which i find very exciting and this is not at all a complaint is that i see all these scary movies immediately after they come out in theaters 
And as a result of it, I don't get to watch a lot of scary movies at home alone on my couch, which is like my favorite thing to do in the world. So I picked a few scary movies to just completely avoid so that I could wait for like a rainy Sunday and watch them. One of them being Midsommar, which I managed to avoid spoilers for for like eight months and didn't know anything about it and went in clean. And it was a very satisfying experience because I am like Frank Costanza and I like to go in fresh. I like to know nothing. Wow. So it was awesome. I saw no trailers. Now, did you watch the director's cut or the regular cut? Uh, I don't know which one was on the Blu-ray. Both probably. I don't know. I no, the Blu-ray had the regular. Then they had released a special Blu-ray after that that had the director's cut. It's like twenty minutes. Was it three hours long or was it two and a half hours long? I feel like it was two and a half uh, hours long. I can't. Then you watch the regular cut. Yeah. Is the director's cut good? <laughs> it just adds a bit more context. That's Ari Aster. Great huh. breakup movie. You know, if you've just gone through a breakup, watch Midsummer. Yeah. Very vindicating. It was yeah. great. I really liked it. It was very jarring. It was nice knowing literally nothing. Like every time on like Halloween, people were like, I'm the May Queen. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I avoided That's it. That's nice. It's October. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I it was. my friend had this really awesome costume that she made by herself. And I was like, kind of excited by the details, but like, didn't really get it. And then I right. saw the movie like much after that and was like, dude, I'm so impressed by your costume three months later. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. Shall we wrap up? Because yeah. we've been going on for like an hour. Spoilers. Frank Costanza. <laughs> well, did, going fresh. I don't care if it has to do with the plot. Keep going. Did, 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 did uh, Lindsay not want to talk? Just a quick note about her favorite up and coming streaming okay. platform. This will be a quick yeah, so, footnote. Okay. okay. The world's quickest footnote. Um, well, the world's dad. shortest movie platform. <laughs> Five minutes <laughs> This footnote of a. <laughs> this blip of a footnote in our streaming wars um i will cover very briefly in this blip of a footnote quibi my favorite streaming platform and favorite topic of all time uh recently had a little data breach issue it turned out not so much a data breach but they were actually giving away your emails to advertisers so they were uh they were leaking them selling and leaking your data which um is funny that like they've had a scandal on their like first six days of existence so that's excellent um but my favorite my favorite footnote to the footnote to the footnote was the av club which may or may not just hate quibi as much as i do um i don't hate it i just think it's funny um they made a point of saying the bright side here is that the number of people whose data was shared uh in this way is probably relatively small with quibi only getting 300 downloads in its first day wow so that's funny because they had this like data breach but it was like oh it's actually not such a big deal because no one downloaded it um and that is the amount of shade that i that i strive towards that is i know wow oh my gosh yeah so the av club really slams it there um but they have allegedly had 2.7 million downloads of its app in the first two weeks uh but then they said that it's um probably including re-downloads and installs by individual users on multiple devices. So it's not necessary. <laughs> yeah, I got to have my Quibi on my everything, on my fridge yeah, for Jap. I think my favorite oh, yeah. part, yeah, there's a lot. I think, oh gosh, I love it. I love that like, their whole concept was phones only. And then like three days after they opened, they were like, also TV. We'll make it for your TV too. But um, only phones and TVs. We're not, nothing else. No. Nope. Add tablets, add phone, and okay. everything. And, uh, Xboxes too. Smart fridges, but only Panasonic ones because we have a deal. <laughs> no, no, Samsung too. Samsung too. Oh, okay, right, right, right. We cut two deals. We cut two deals. Uh, so yeah, Wait, okay. Just, uh, just sort of last thought on this. If yeah. Universal's not showing their movies at AMC, could we have just, you know, a Quibi film festival going on? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, great. I think. Just yeah. saying. 
God, Creepy. They I watch five minute movies. And I don't yeah. want to like accidentally promote them, but they also um, are bringing back Reno 911, which is. A Quibi? Yeah, which. That's of dumb. All of them, I mean, like, or perfect. I don't know. One of the two. Yeah, like of or all both? of the large budget shows that I'm like, I'm so sorry. There's nothing I want to watch less than Anna Kendrick with a feminist sex doll. It's a whole thing. There's nothing I want to watch less than that TV show, but then I was like, oh, Reno 911, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if anyone wants to spoil that on YouTube, I will watch it there. Um, that's it. That's all I awesome. got. That's Quibi. Oh, no. That's your weekly check-in. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, we talk about it so you don't have to watch it. So. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, all right. And with that, that will end this uh, fantastic episode of the pixels and ink podcast uh be sure to check us out on your favorite listening platform or the only listening platform that we put it's, this on it's also on spotify now oh it's, oh it's on spotify too okay so we're on soundcloud <laughs> and spotify no um, we're no I, we're no longer on soundcloud we're now on spotify oh we're on, we're on we're itunes oh, Apple oh oh okay well that's great i didn't know that this shows how much yeah i decided to be like you know something <laughs> spotify nah son i'm going this way instead when, wow. you, when you make the podcast, you don't have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that you still should. Well, that's cool. Know. How are we going to get our viewers up, Jordan? Come on, dude. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, you know, it's, oh, I'll, I'll do better. I promise. <laughs> so definitely uh, check us out at cgmagonline.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at cgmagonline. Uh, guys, you want to plug your individual Twitters? Uh, Fry 26 Alex. Uh, at Alex Hamziak. Lindsay. Uh, at Smash Travis. Travis smell like trays. And I am Ninja Jordan underscore. So for another episode of the Pixels Inc. podcast, thank you for listening, and we will check you out. Whoa. Okay, I missed Why are we checking grab <laughs> right. um, um, Bye. I, I you didn't hear that. We're not checking board. you out. Uh, just we, check us out, please. You, uh, check us out and we will uh, keep you entertained in these tar- uh, trying times. Stay safe, stay inside, and thank you again for listening.